I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel, C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take on NFL Salary Cap and Contract Matters. Uh, This week is probably going to be more than you ever wanted to know about performance bonuses in NFL contracts. And by that, I mean base salary escalators, for the most part, and incentives. Now... These types of mechanisms are, in a lot of instances, um, putting contracts to bridge the gap when there's a difference in value in a contract negotiation. In other instances, you have incentives put into contracts when someone takes a pay cut and it's a way for a player to make back the money that they are losing. Most incentives, teams want them to be considered not likely to be earned so that they do not count against the salary cap um, during the season for most of these types of uh, performance bonuses. And what constitutes something being not likely to be earned is if it's anything that a player individually didn't do as, as a statistical achievement in the previous year, or you can make something that someone did do in the previous year not likely to be earned if it's coupled. And by that, you can couple it with another individual incentive or with a team achievement uh, to make it not likely to be earned. Now, if it's considered not likely to be earned, that doesn't necessarily mean that doesn't mean that the team is never going to have a cap charge for it. Um, at the end of the year, there's a teams have a reconciliation process where any incentives that were considered likely to be earned, which weren't earned, incentives that were not likely to be earned that are earned, they have to uh, reconcile that. And I'll give an example of a team where you lose cap space because you have more incentives you're paying out, which weren't on the books from a cap uh, standpoint, than come off. And that was Tampa Bay this year. The Buccaneers had an adjustment of a little over $5 million, $5 million this year because of incentives. And they only had slightly over $4.5 million of unused salary cap room they could carry over to from the 2020 league year to this year, the 2021 league year. So that means their adjusted salary cap, and by adjusted salary cap, I mean when you take the reconciliation amount and the carryover, you add or subtract that to what the league-wide salary cap is, and that's your, this year it's $182.5 million. Their actual adjusted salary cap is less than the league-wide salary cap. Their adjusted salary cap by NFLPA data is $182,051,108. And that's because of the 
reconciliation and the adjustments that took place with the incentives earned and not earned last year. So incentives typically get paid out in February or March the following year. It's it's stated in the uh, contract. And then here's one quick thing about salary escalators. That just because you end up achieving an increase in your salary, for the most part, they're not guaranteed. So you may not actually see that escalator. One of the uh, examples that comes to mind for me is um, John Abraham um, had like 10 sacks one year with the Falcons, which triggered like a million-dollar escalator. They cut him for that offseason, so he never earned the money. Now, one thing you got to keep in mind of at the end of the year is you're going to see some teams, if they're pretty cool about it, um, allow players, knowing there's a threshold for them to get incentives, to try to get the player that type of money. And I'll give you a quick story about that from when I was an agent. That um, One of the guys we represented was Jimmy Smith, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, was a great receiver in the um, mid to late 90s, first part of the 2000s. This guy uh, had over 800 catches in his career, over 10,000 receiving yards, and there was one year where he was getting, he was very close to hitting a threshold um, in his incentives. He had, I think, like close to $2 million in annual incentives in his contract. And the Jacksonville head coach at the time was Jack Del Rio. Jack Del Rio was someone we represented at the tail end of his career with the Vikings. And then that last contract he signed with um, the Miami Dolphins. So knowing that Jimmy needed, I don't know, like 20, 25 yards or something um, to hit another incentive threshold, which, which would have, one, gotten him over 1,000 yards, and two, gotten him like an extra $300,000 of, of, of money. I called Jack up and, and told him, hey, Jimmy is real close to getting another threshold in his incentives. The Jaguars were playing a meaningless final regular season game. It wasn't going to impact their playoff seeding that they were locked into the certain spot in the playoffs regardless of what happened in the game. And Jack was like, don't worry about it, done. I'll make sure Jimmy gets the money. So I'm watching this game on TV, and the first two series are basically any pass play was designed for Jimmy. He had like four catches for like 50 yards, got his money, they took him out. So Jack hooked, hooked Jimmy up because I called him and made sure Jimmy got the extra like about $300,000. So we saw that last year that Antonio Brown, they force-fed him the ball um, in the regular season uh, finale against the Falcons so he could earn some incentive money. Now, let's take a look at some of the uh, more notable players who have incentives this year, and then we're going to take a look at some who had incentives or salary escalators in contracts who aren't going to earn them. So we're going to start with um, Tom Brady, the GOAT, um, in a lot of people's eyes. Um, he did a one-year contract extension in the offseason, kept the $4.5 million of incentives intact. The, there's $2.25 million based on Tampa's team success, $2.25 million based on individual success. Um, they kind of had to tweak him a little bit because he earned $3.375 million of incentives last year. So they added a team requirement coupled it where necessary to make incentives not likely to be earned. Um, so the categories they picked were 
net average yards, uh, they picked one category, net average yards gained per rushing play. And there's a group of approved incentives in the CBA that you have to use. So that's the one they picked. And Tampa's assured of improving in that category. So for, for Brady, as long as he participates in 75% of the offensive plays, which he has, they've hit the team requirement. He gets 500000 for the Bucks making the playoffs. It goes to seven fifty for winning a uh, wild card playoff game. And he takes 75% of the snaps in that playoff game or they on a first round bye. It's $1.25 million is what the amount is instead. If same requirements for playtime for a divisional playoff game, another $500,000 for winning the NFC Championship. And he gets the entire $2.25 million for winning the Super Bowl. And for the individual incentives, there's two point. I said the 2.25 million of those. He's got five different categories. He can be in the top five in. Only four of them would pay out. Um, pay out 652,500 um, each for each one. Has to be in the top five in either passer rating, touchdown passes, passing yards, completion percentage, or yards per attempt, and must throw a minimum of 224 passes to qualify. Now. Brady, um, right now, looks like he's on track to uh, earn two of those uh, because Brady is, in the in terms of uh, touchdown passes and passing yards, uh, he's hit the necessary threshold. So that's not something that he's going to have to worry about, that he'll be fine from um, that standpoint. Now, let's go to um, Aaron Rodgers. Um, Aaron Rodgers... Is um got a million dollars of uh, incentives in his contract, and they had to rework his a little bit to make him qualify as uh, not likely to be earned as well. So they added a component of the team improving on touchdowns and returns and recoveries. Now, that two touchdowns on returns and recoveries last year, they got two this year. So he needs one more. Otherwise, he's not gonna. The rest of the incentive doesn't matter because you got to hit both parts when they're they're coupled together. But he's got 125,000 for each uh, game of the playoffs, where his offensive play time was uh, 72.5 percent, and he hit that during the regular season. And there could be four playoff games. And then he's got 100,000 dollars for being the top three for each of the following categories, and he got that. Improvement on touchdowns and returns. Minimum 224 passing attempts. Got to have the same 72.5% playtime percentage. Passer rating, completion percentage, interception percentage, yards per pass, and touchdown passes. Right now, the Rodgers is in, he leads the NFL in interception percentage at 0.08%. And he's got the best passer rating in the NFL at 110.8. He's fifth in yards per attempt, 78 Fourth in touchdown passes, 33. Completion percentage, he's six at 68. But if they don't have another return for a touchdown this year, doesn't matter. He technically won't earn the incentive. Now, given the tenuous relationship they've had, if you want to create some goodwill for Aaron Rodgers, if he satisfies the individual component and the team improvement doesn't happen, you pay it to him anyway like the 49ers did Um couple of years ago of Richard Sherman where he fell short on playtime because of an injury and they paid the incentive anyway. So I would do that if I'm um, Green Bay, should it come to that. Now, Dak Prescott 
in that $40 million per year contract he signed, has a $1 million incentive each year for winning the Super Bowl. He's got to take at least 50% of the offensive snaps in the Super Bowl also to collect. Since Dallas has clinched the NFC East, and you got to say that they're at least a Super Bowl contender. Uh, keep an eye on that one. Um, if they get to the Super Bowl, he's got a million bucks riding on it. Okay, um, let's go to, we'll bring up one running back, Leonard Fournette. Fournette has $750,000 in incentives in his contract. Um, he's out for the year with an ankle injury. I don't think he's going to play for the rest of the regular season. We'll be back for the playoffs. Um, has 812 rushing yards. Got 125000 for 750 rushing yards. Um, had $750,000 in total incentives. Had another 254000 yards, which was going to be possible had he stayed healthy. He was on pace for 986 rushing yards. Then there's another 375 for 1,350 yards. Now, let's go to his teammate, um, Antonio Brown. With the injuries to uh, Chris Godwin, tore his knees out for the year. And then Mike Evans has a hamstring issue. He's uh, off the COVID list. Don't know if he'll play this week. But Brown signed a one-year deal for base value 450 with 2.25 million incentives. Now, there's one incentive he won't earn. For um, $250,000, 45% play time during the regular season, and a Super Bowl win. And if he also if he was active for the Super Bowl. But his play time because of the ankle injury he had and his three-game suspension for violating the COVID protocols relating to the fake vaccination card. He's only played in six games this year, so his play time be hard-pressed to get to 45%, so that's out of the question. Now, right now, Antonio Brown has 39 catches for 519 yards and four touchdowns in six games. So if he just hits his season averages for the rest of the year, he's going to make almost a million dollars in incentives. Uh, he's got $333,333 for 50 catches. He's on pace for 52. 600 receiving yards, $333,333. He's on pace for 692. There's $333,333 for five touchdowns. He needs one more to get that. That would get him to just under a million. There's also another $333,334 for 70 receptions. Hard-pressed to get there. Same amount, 800 receiving yards. And another $333,333 for seven touchdowns. Good luck with that. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's uh, look at another, since we're talking about receivers, let's go to another receiver. A.J. Green, kind of having a career rebirth, if you want to call it that, with the Arizona Cardinals. Signed a one-year deal with $2.5 million of incentives. Um, He's been banged up, at least in Cincinnati, the past couple of years. And then last year was healthy, but he and Joe Burrow weren't on the same page. So it was a down year statistically. The $2.5 million incentives are $250 for 50 receptions. There's another 250 for each additional 10 receptions up to 80. It's for a total of, of a million. Then he's got $250 a piece of 600, 700, 800, 900 receiving yards. 50% play, play time, and the Cardinals making the playoffs gets him 250. And there's an extra 250 for advancing um, to the uh, NFC Championship game where he plays at least 50 in that game. Um, Green's played in 14 games this year, has 47 catches, 751 yards, and three touchdowns. He's on pace for 53 catches, 858 yards, and three touchdowns. As of now, he's earned uh, 500000 but looks like he could end up getting uh, for his yardage total. Then he's earned the extra 250 for the playoffs. He's actually short of 750. Uh, three catches gets him another 250. 47 more receiving yards gets him another 250. So that's where he probably stands in terms of what he's going to make in incentives. The way the Cardinals are playing, I'm not putting them in the NFC Championship game. Now, Stefan Diggs is coming close to having his salaries escalate again for 2022 and 2023. For Based on what he did last year when he – he needed to hit 100 catches or 1,375 receiving yards, which triggered his base salary escalating, base salaries increasing by $658,333, 750000 for his 22 base salary, and 800000 for his 2023 base salary. Now, what he does this year will determine if 2022 and 2023 further increase. He has to hit those same thresholds. Um, right now, he's got 89 catches for 1,092 yards. So, he's 11 catches, 283 yards. Probably going to get the 11 catches. Just has an average game. He's going to have 101 catches, and if he does that, then his base salaries for 2022 go up 750, and 2023 goes up in um, another 800, which would make those salaries 12.525 million and 12.625 million. So. Then, thing is, he'll probably get a contract extension, if not this year, next year, which could nullify the base salary increase because it'll be... So I'd rather have incentive because you get the money uh, paid out that March. And, as I said, you can get cut and not get the money, get a uh, contract extension, then it kind of gets, in a sense, wiped out there. Now, let's turn to some defensive players. Uh, first up is Xavier Howard. And he was on our telecast la- or podcast last week, which was over Pro Bowl bonuses. He earned a million-dollar Pro Bowl bonus. Now, Xavier Howard wanted his contract redone during the offseason. Dolphins didn't want to do it because he had four years left on a five-year extension. You don't redo a contract at that point. So to placate him, 
they gave him assurances that if he stayed healthy and continued to play well, they'd revisit his contract after the season. So they added $3.5 million in incentives, the Pro Bowl bonus, which is likely to be earned because uh, he did that uh, last year. And then they did $2.5 million in playtime incentives, which are also coupled with the improvement in ranking and total defense, average net yards given up per passing play, or average net yards given up per rushing play, they're going to be, the Dolphins are improving. So that's not an issue. There's $750,000 for 7% defensive play time. Hit that threshold. He hits 80. There's another 750. And then for 90% or more defensive play time, there's another million. He's going to max out the incentive package if the way things are going because his playtime is over 90%. So as long as he plays 85, about 85% of the rest of the plays this year, assuming the an average defensive play allotment, he's going to hit the 90% threshold. Now, Preston Smith is someone who took a pay cut um, to stay with the uh, Packers last year. Um, took a $4 million pay cut, but added back $4.4 million of incentives in his contract, which could make him a little more than a whole. He's at $1.25 million. He had a sack in the last game, which gave him seven sacks. That was worth seven fifty. When he got to uh, five sacks, that was for $500,000. Now, getting any more is going to be tough. Ten sacks, he's got to have three more sacks in two games. That's another seven fifty. Ties his career high of 12 sacks. The grand total is $3 million. 14 sacks, $4.4 million. Not going to happen. Um, but at least he's got $1.25 million of it back. Now, two guys who are close to earning incentives, or I'll say one is close to maxing out and one is close to earning. Son Reddick of the Carolina Panthers has 11 sacks this year. He's got $2 million worth of incentives when he didn't earn because he wasn't an original about a Pro Bowl guy. And then $1 million for 13 sacks. He's got 11, two more sacks. That's a million dollars for Hassan Reddick. Now, Marcus Golden has 11 sacks for the Arizona Cardinals. Signed a two-year deal worth $5 million. Has $4 million worth of incentives. $2 million of annual incentives for sacks. For the 11 sacks, he's got a million already. There's 250 for reaching six sacks. Another 250 for 500 for eight sacks. Then once he got to 10 sacks, there's another 500. Now, if he gets two more sacks in the final three games, that's worth the entire $2 million. So uh, we'll see where uh, that one goes. And last defensive player I am going to mention is Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell took a pay cut to stay with the uh, Ravens and it freed up cap space in the process. He can make he can he can he's got four million dollars in incentives now because he reduced his compensation from ten to eight and turned a million dollar incentive for the Pro Bowl from not likely to likely by coupling it with a laundry list of individual and statistical achievements. There's like eight different individual categories and eight different uh, team categories. Now uh, the stack threshold was lowered from set from two thresholds were loaned from seven to six and from nine to eight. He's not close to the sack incentives. Playtime is really about all he's going to earn because um, he didn't make the Pro Bowl. So the $2 million of playtime incentives, 500000 at a, and at a million, at a million five and at $2 million, 
has to hit 30, 39% play time for the first threshold of 500,000. 45% would get him a million. 50% or more gets him 1.5 million. And 55% or more gets him 2 million. He's had a thigh injury, which has kind of uh, knocked him out of the past couple of games. He came back and played limited action in the Ravens' last game. So right now his play time is 54.3%. When he's healthy, he's been playing roughly 70-75% of the plays. So if he can do that, get back to his regular playing time, it's going to be $2 million for Calais Campbell. If not, he's going to earn $1.5 million of his incentives. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now here's one kicker whose um, incentives are, are kind of worth uh, mentioning. Uh, Nick Falk of the New England Patriots. Uh... Compared to other kicker salaries, he's not making a whole lot of money. Average kicker salary by NFLPA data is $2.4 million. Um, the base value of his contract is about two-thirds of that, um, like one-sixth. He's got $875,000 of incentives um, in his contract. Um, he's got a, stands a good chance of 750000 of them. Uh, the one he won't get, most likely, is 125000 for being first or second team All-NFL selection as a kicker. Nonetheless, he's having a great year. He's got 250 each for being in the top seven and top ten of field goals made. He leads the NFL with 34 field goals made. So that's probably 500 he's going to make. Then he's got another 250 for a 90, for 90% or better conversion rate on field goals. Right now, he's at 91.9%, 34 37 field goals. So basically, Nick Folk doesn't have a lot of margin for error for missing field goals. He goes into a mini slump, he's dropping under 90%. Based on field goals he attempts per game, he should end up with 42 at the end of the regular season. So as long as he hits, let's say he has five left, he hits four out of the five, he's still over 90%, he's at 90.5%. Goes three out of the five, he's at 88.1. So keep an eye on whether Nick Folk is going to be hits any of his field goals. Now, let's um take a look at a couple of players who have incentives in their contracts that aren't going to earn them, um, or es- or or salary escalators. And we'll start with Russell Wilson. That 35 million dollar per year contract Russell Wilson signed, which in April 2019 that made him the NFL's highest-paid player, has a salary mechanism which will that increases his 2023 base salary. That's the last year of his contract, depending upon his performance in 2021 and 2022. There's a $2 million increase each year. Um, last year, Russell Wilson earned a $1 million increase to take that base salary to 22. Now, it was 250 for each time he goes to the Pro Bowl. That didn't happen this year because the Seahawks record and then 
he had the broken finger and hasn't played hadn't played like Russell Wilson up to his usual Russell Wilson standards since he came back after missing just three games. Five hundred thousand for winning Super Bowl MVP, five hundred thousand dollars for NFL Offensive Player of the Year. That's not happening either. Then, for each season, he completes at least 66% of his passes, minimum 224 passing attempts, throws for 4,000 or more yards, or has at least 36 TD passes. That's 250 for each achievement. The only one he could potentially get this year would be completion percentage. He's at 64.9% right now. He has to complete a lot of passes, have a high completion percentage in the last two games in order to take his base salary up another 250. Now, let's go to uh, arguably the greatest tight end to ever play the game, Rob Gronkowski. He's back with Tampa, one-year $8 million contract with uh, $2 million of incentives. $1.5 million are based on his 2021 individual statistical performance. Then there's another 500 tied to Tampa Bay's playoff success, 250 for getting the Super Bowl, 250 for winning the Super Bowl, and he's got to take at least 65% of the offensive snaps, and there has to be team improvement and average net yards game per rushing play. Gronkowski has played 10 games this year because rib and, inj- and, rib and back injuries kept him out of game. So he's not going to hit the 65% threshold. So that's out of the question. Now, he's probably not going to earn any of the uh, $1.5 million based on his individual achievements because there's 500000 each for 55 receptions, 750 receiving yards, and nine touchdowns. And right now, Rob Gronkowski has 41 catches, 550 yards, and... Six touchdowns in 10 games. He's going to need 14 catches, 200 yards, and three touchdowns to max out that 1-5. And that would be his, to hit 14 catches would be better than his best two games back-to-back this season. He hasn't had back-to-back games where he's had 200 yards total. So I don't think he's going to earn any of them. Now, Chris Jones, Pro Bowl defensive tackle, signed a four-year $80 million contract um, as a franchise player in 2020. There's $1.25 million of incentives each year for hitting 10 sacks. He's got seven sacks this year, so if he can get three sacks in two games, that's $1.25 million for Chris Jones. If not, he's getting nothing. Um, that $28 million two-year deal J.J. Watt signed to go to Arizona also had a $1 million each year in sack incentives and then a million-dollar salary escalator. So, J.J. Watt got hurt early in the year. He's out for most of the regular season. Um, so, seven sacks was worth 500000 Eight would have taken him to 700000 Nine would have been 900000 Ten sacks would have been a million. He's getting nothing, and any incentives he earned would be added as an escalator to his uh, base salary in... 2022. So that's out of the question. And there are a couple offensive players who have had uh, incentives that aren't going to earn them as well. And one of them is Chris Carson. Chris Carson had $2 million of incentives in his contract based on what he did 
um, individually. And he had a neck injury early in the year, so he's not going to be anywhere close to his thresholds. For him, for Chris Carson, 700 receiving yards is going to be worth 350. If he got to, I mean, rushing yards, 800 would have been worth another 100. Then he could have maxed out getting to 900, would have been 600,000 receiving yards. If he had got to 288, that would have been worth 400. If he got to 350, that had another 100. Eight total touchdowns, 200,000. Uh, Ten total touchdowns, 300,000. Anything he earned, I should say he had one four. Anything he earned would be um, added as a base salary escalator. Um, for Tyrod Taylor, it was set up if he could have stayed healthy for him to make a killing in incentives. He signed a one-year deal for $6.5 million, and he had playtime incentives for 60 70 80 and 90% each $4 million. So he could earn $4 million in playtime incentives just by staying on the field. His playtime is less than 35%. Davis Mills is starting the rest of the games. Um, he was... Injuries knocked him out, which is a typical thing with Tyrod Taylor. Um, and then there were two which were unrealistic. Um, 6% in the playoffs, a million. 7% or more in the playoffs, another million. And Pro Bowl was worth 500000 So he had $6.5 million worth of incentives in his contract. And then there's Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay signed that four-year, $72 million Contract to go to the Giants, and he has a million dollars of incentives each year to make max value $76 million, $250,000 for a Pro Bowl, not happening. Then seven fifty if he hit either 80 receptions, 1,200 receiving yards, and 10 touchdowns. Not remotely close this year. Um, had a hamstring injury, kind of slowed him down, and then just not not very productive this year. He's at 34 catches, 499 yards, and no touchdowns in 12 games this year. And I want to go back and highlight one unusual salary escalator that has been earned. Jason Kelsey has a $3 million roster bonus escalator. The roster bonus is for $100. how it's listed. But it can escalate by $3 million. And, and it's a first day of the 2022 league year roster bonus. If he earned the, goes to the Pro Bowl, which he did, that was for 500000 Then play time of 85%, another 500000 He hits the 90% threshold. That adds another uh, $500,000 to the roster bonus. Then if the Eagles make the playoffs and his play time is 80%, 85% or more, that's another $500,000. And then there's $250,000 for each playoff game the Eagles play. Right now, they would be in a wild card. If they get in, I'd be a shock if they want a playoff game. So there's a million dollars riding on how far they get to the playoffs. So it's 250 for one playoff game, 500 for two, and then 750 for three. And if they get to the Super Bowl, that's the entire million. His playtime is 94.5%. So he's either going to have a roster bonus escalation of 1.5 million or 2 million, most likely. And then what is highly unusual is that any 
thing which is earned as a roster bonus is fully guaranteed. So that kind of alleviates the concern of you having a salary escalate and then you getting cut before you can get the money. I've only only I've only seen this type of guarantee in one other contract recently and that was Ryan Fitzpatrick's Miami Dolphins contract. He had a base salary escalator for year 2, which was based on the incentives earned in the first year. And any incentives anything which he earned as a salary escalator became fully guaranteed. That is unusual, and that's something I hope other agents will um, try to borrow this concept when, with the salary escalators they have in their contracts. But as I said, probably was going to be more than you ever wanted to know about um, performance bonuses, incentives, and salary escalators and contracts. It's only highlighting a portion of them. There are way too many incentives and salary escalators individually negotiating contracts but I just wanted to bring up some of the more notable ones and if you're fans of any of these teams like the Buccaneers the Ravens or the Cardinals then you can kind of keep track of the guys I mentioned for the last couple of regular season games and see if they have a chance to earn a little additional money and also see if they get close whether the coaches will be like, hey, let's try to get this guy the money or we're going to kind of keep him out. And that's something Bill Belichick did one year. You, with Vince Wilfork a few years ago, Vince Wilfork needed to play a certain amount to hit like a $2 million playtime incentive in the final regular season game. And Bill Belichick made sure Vince Wilfork earned that incentive. So um, keep an eye on that stuff. But anyway, that's going to wrap it up for this week's Inside the Cap. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That is C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also read my work over at CBSSports.com. We'll see you back here next time. And everyone have a happy new year.